Baltimore. TV plays it up, Beltway Bowl or whatever. Is it actually a rivalry for Redskins fans? No. There was a bunch of wacky plays in this game. I mean, the fake field goal we talked about, the sort of quintessential bad Kirk, a totally heinous interception that he threw towards the end that could have easily been the Redskins' undoing. If there's an identity, it's not really in any any particular unit, although I did want to put in a little plug, just as an aside, the Redskins special teams is pretty good right now. Welcome back to another episode of Burgundy Blogcast, which we're excited about because we like talking about teams that are above 500, which <laughs> the Reds now are. With me, as always, the man and the brains behind Burgundy Blog is Brent. Brent, how are you feeling sitting above 500 with Washington now? Feeling pretty good, of course. And let me ask you this. Baltimore, I would think of it as a rivalry. You know, TV plays it up, Beltway Bowl or whatever. Is it a, Is it actual? Uh, actually a rivalry for Redskins fans? No. Too many rivals you already. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I mean, I think, yeah, it's really just not. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't live, I don't really live in, in what most people consider the DMV anymore, so I'm not there to really feel it. But, um, you know, I think the players always talk about kind of wanting to like, you know, I think the players on the two teams are, are generally, there's definitely no animosity. There's no bad blood or anything like that. I think mostly they're kind of friends. I think they even hang out, some of them. So, but there's kind of like a, you know, they, they they like, you know, bragging rights or whatever. I mean, it it always comes up when they play, but it's, it's definitely not like some kind of a, you know, arch rival thing. All right, might revisit the rivalry question a little, more, a little bit more down the road. For now, let's dive in specifically to this game. A 16-10 to 10 win over the Ravens with 10 points in the third quarter and a shutout in the second half. Where'd that come from? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. That's really the, that's really the question. This defense, I was just... Uh, uh, discussing with with a few people on Twitter has unbelievably, uh, dis, despite you know, it's a big, uh, no name defense. I mean, it, yeah, it, well Norman, you know, but yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I guess I don't consider him really a, a Redskin because they stole him from another. No, well, the de- the defense has been just downright bad. I mean, all season and and, and especially on third downs, which has gotten a lot of the headlines. But somehow. Um, in each of the last three games, of course, all wins. This defense has not allowed a touchdown in the second half. I mean, it's it, it's unbelievable. They're they're finding out a way to, uh, you know, just kind of like get the job done. It's mostly been a it, it, it's mostly been a big play defense. I mean, co- you know, the last couple of wins uh, were on the backs of a multiple um, uh, takeaways in the second half, and that didn't happen today. But but they they did. You know, they found a way to to make key stops and big plays in the second half again yeah outside of norman i mean they're hitting a guy that if you went to an average average fan not not a redskins fan just an average nfl fan mm-hmm. if there's anybody else who if you said name another redskins starter unless you're watching them play there's nobody that you're like oh well this guy's been big on their o-line or this guy's been their number one linebacker you know i mean kerrigan yes but like you said mm-hmm. he's He's actually almost been disappearing this year. Uh, now, Will Compton, is he always lay uh, wood as much as I saw him? Uh, no. Well, no. I mean, he's not. He's not really. He's a good player. He's a fan favorite. But, yeah, he put he put some big big licks down today, didn't he? That was fun to watch. What uh, what they do right in the second half on defense that they need to continue? I think the tackling was better. That's sort of the key deficiency all along. So that, that, seemed, that seemed to be better. And then – 
Um, more so than I've seen previously, they they were they were getting some um, some pretty legitimate pressure from the defensive line and, and the, the interior defensive line in particular on uh, on Flacco, which they've just not been doing. I mean, it's the, their defensive line in general is not good, and but it was good enough in the second half. I think those are the two things. Offensively, I mean, just looking at box score, this is another one of those games where I'm keeping an eye on everything, and I saw sort of the final couple drives there. But uh, but I didn't I don't watch every play in detail. The box score a pretty good split, you know, 41 passing attempts and uh, and, well, and, and, and uh, 17 carries. Matt Jones getting 14 carries. Uh, are they still passing the ball too much, or is it the right balance because it's working right now? Yeah, I mean, it. They were. You know, this is this was kind of complicated because I you know I, I actually going into this week into this game I, I was thinking. Well, I, I, you know, I had a couple tweets and, and stuff about how I, I really like um, the current condition of the Redskins' offensive line. I like how uh, Spencer Long is playing center now after Corey Lichtensteiger went down because I, I wasn't, I wasn't his biggest fan. So I, I thought that they had a good chance to run the ball even against a really good rushing defense in the Ravens, and they really didn't. I mean, they, they, they tried. They, they paid, they paid a little bit of of tribute to it but um yeah I don't I don't know what I don't know if you see it there Jones's yards per carry was pretty low I think maybe just over three so he, he really didn't have a great game and there weren't a lot of big holes in, in the third quarter there was one one nice drive where they were opening some deep decent holes I, I'm not um I'm not too cold on the balance you know I think clearly they're passing still a lot more than they're running that's going to be the case all game I think they kind of ran enough to uh to to you know keep them honest the, the the interesting I mean the discussion point in this game and I know you didn't didn't see a lot of the first half but um, the the Redskins were super aggressive on third and very short play calling I think they had I think third and one came up six times they passed all six times mm. and and um, it didn't work at all I think they were one for six mm. so um, you know and, and like on Twitter everyone was kind of going off about you know obviously that's that's you know, kind of bizarre. Not not as bizarre for this team as it would be for others. But I didn't hate all of those calls. I mean, some of them some of them were were there. I mean, he had a couple he had a couple deep shots. He had guys open um, in the first half, and and he he couldn't hit them. So, you know, they did seem to they, they passed too much on on third and very short. But otherwise, I don't really care. The other thing was that the Ravens passed way. You know, I think they were even even more imbalanced than the Redskins. And that was just idiotic because, you know, the run game was where they should have been making hay today. Yeah. Although they've, uh, they don't really have, uh, uh, an established back. They, they let go of, uh, uh, four set yeah. what, a couple weeks into the season, but now, nah, yeah. Interesting. They threw it almost 50 times too. Things. What were you more proud of, uh, Jameson Crowder getting a touchdown on special teams or not getting juked by a fake field goal? Which one made you more proud as a fan? Oh, the the Crowder punt return was awesome, man. Electrifying. But isn't it kind of nice when your team? Now, think about how mad you would have been if you got okie dokes by a fake field goal. Yeah, yeah, that definitely sucks. And that that that, that play was they, they were they were equally big plays probably. But yeah, the, the way they the way they broke up that fake field goal pass was like you know it kind of was like uh, Keystone Cops. You know, it bounced off Ianacho's helmet. It, it just was the whole thing was ugly. 
hey, fake field goals, it's like all bets are off, man. You don't know who's who's going to be throwing the ball. It might be a backup punter throwing the ball. You don't know who's going to be defending passes. And did you see this, Hayes, that the um, you know, t- the, the Ravens kicker is um, Justin Tucker, and yeah, but- so he's, he's got it through the pass. He lined up um, – he lined up as if to kick that ball with his left foot, and he's a righty. You got to be noticed. I, I hope that somebody saw that. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I obviously wasn't aware. I would think that maybe no, the players I would. But I, my job is not to study those things in yeah. depth. But it, like, it, I don't. I won't even fault the team if like word didn't get down on field in time. But like somebody, <laughs> some special teams assistant, yeah. like it may have been in the box, needs to have been screaming that. Yeah. We were talking about that last week a little bit with fake punts. Right. I got a buddy who thinks that he can tell by the arm swinging, and you know <laughs> you can't necessarily. But damn it, the guy wronged up with the wrong foot. <laughs> that's, a, that's a totally different ball. Game. Um, you should be able to see that. Uh, th- this uh, this is a little bit uh, off tangent, but do you remember a couple years ago when Lane Kiffin? got uh, in trouble for his players. This was a coach at USC for like changing jerseys during the game. And yeah, I think I do. Yeah. I, so I won't bore you with all the details, but it was actually like a genius <laughs> move for, I mean, it, it was like a very petty and a stupid thing to be violating the rules, especially for a guy with the reputation of his, but it was a kind of genius move because he knew that people watch tape so closely. Yeah. He was changing jerseys, I think to like hide when he had a quarterback out there and partly it had something to do with like, he didn't want teams to be able to scout to tell that he, when he had a different guy as a, as a holder or not. And, and which he was doing uh, something related to that. But my bigger point was, yeah, but that's like flagrantly illegal, right? I mean, for that very reason, probably, but, but he was so paranoid about people watching tapes of just how he lines up. Cause I mean, with fakes, it's like, obviously you don't watch a tape and be like, what fakes? What what are the three fakes they ran this game that we can watch for next week? You got to watch <laughs> all their formations, yeah, and, and try and see what what looks off and what might lead to like a over the past several years too. So I mean, that's just the type of people that football codes, especially when you get to that level, and you can pay just, just somebody thirty thousand bucks and be like, hey, we want you to watch forty hours of kicking tapes for the past five years of Justin Tucker. It's, that's what it's I mean. It's ballsy that they would call it, and you know, the Ravens head coach. Um, Harbaugh is a is a former special teams coordinator too, so uh, you know he definitely was in on that. I think now now fakes are different uh, as opposed to just lining up and going for it. But it, in a way, I think we are getting into an era of a little more, eh, go for it, you know. Earlier, I asked you whether or not the Ravens were a rival for the Redskins. You said not really. It's so you know, anytime two teams close in proximity play each other, TV is going to bill it up as a rival. But you say not really. Uh, I'm pretty sure I am right in saying that the Cowboys, far and away, are the Redskins' rival. Correct. Correct. All right. Now I see next on the schedule is the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm. And my guess would be that the next biggest game after the uh, the Cowboys would be either the Eagles or the Giants. My question to you is, is there consensus in that? A, I guess, A, am I right? Is there consensus, or is it sort of like, which town do you hate more, New York or Philly, as to who's your bigger rival? That's a good one. You're definitely right that it would be one of those two. I don't think that there is a consensus, because off the top of my head, I'm not sure which which would win if you if you, if you polled the fans. Uh, in more recent years, well, you know, one thing to consider is that the Giants have had quite a bit more success, especially postseason Super Bowl success over the last, you know, 10, sure. 20 years. So I think there's a little bit more resentment of the Giants. And, you can know, with the Eagles, any any sort of 
you know, smack talk can always revert to basically just like your trophy case is empty. So that that's kind of a mic drop, you know. But right. uh, also with the Giants, their owner is John Mara, who is on the, you know, the number of uh, key committees uh, among the NFL owners. And he's kind of like what was sort of the main guy behind a, no- a couple of different things uh, in-, in recent years that really screwed the Redskins, including those salary cap penalties for the sort of uh, contract extension shenanigans that went on when, when Bruce Allen was the GM. So... Uh, John Mara of the Giants is sort of public enemy number one, I think, among Redskins fans. I, I think probably here lately it's probably moved a little bit more towards the Giants being the second most hated team. Interesting question. All right. I mean, interesting answer. And then the the Eagles have been uh, starting Carson Wentz at quarterback to pretty favorable reviews, although they're 3-2 and two now. He's not quite as hard as, hot as when he started. Seeing him, does it make you uh, pine for a like a rookie QB? And is there anybody you're watching – in the college football season right now that that uh makes you think man if we get him in the in the in the draft i'd play him next year i do like wentz a lot i do worry a little bit about his career because he looks like he's probably going to be pretty good granted it's early but um and yeah i'm jealous i think he's i think he's you know if he's not immediately he probably will be better than you know kirk cousins probably will be as well if you were going to just take most likely outcome for the two of them over the long haul so yeah i mean you know i think there's reason to think that with very good qb play inserted right now into the current redskins offense with a good offensive line finally and with a wealth of of weapons at the skill positions they they probably would be a a very high powered high octane offense if you you know if you put a, a legitimate top five or ten QB in there so you know every every team every fan is always going to want that but I'm not I, I I'm still even with Cousins being so up and down and and, and a little bit disappointing so far I'm still kind of feeling like it's fairly likely that he's back next year and I haven't you know I'm I'm confident enough that I haven't really thought much about the guys that'll be coming out I, I don't think it's like a really I'm not sure there are any um, current college prospects that are really like blow you away good I mean I guess like Deshaun Watson will he be coming out yeah, he'll be one. Um, I'm not sure I love him as a pro. I mean, he's one of those guys that may be kind of boomer bust. Yeah, Watson's going to be one of those. So there'll be arguments about whether or not you know, he is successful transfer over into the league. Uh, so I think that'll prevent him from being uh, you know, a top, top pick. In this mock draft, Deshaun Kaiser of Notre mm-hmm. Dame. I guess he's big and throws the ball hard, but... Mm-hmm. Well, Watson's listed as number two, so actually dead wrong. So, mm-hmm. so he will go really high. I just feel like we're going to hear those conversations about him. Like, well, can he really be a quarterback in the NFL? Mm-hmm. But Kaiser does have more of the fit. So yeah. I was just curious if there was anybody. I felt like last year, maybe last year it was more coach, college coaches that you were uh, – Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brad, Brad Kaya at Miami, He's that's another guy they talk about, big dude, big arm. And he mm-hmm. actually um, – uh, you know, I, I guess when you see Carson Wentz, and you didn't hear anybody saying that he was slam dunk going to be great, then it immediately starts making you wonder of like, well, who maybe does fit the mold of the guys that are out there that, that could be good next year. So, yeah. well, all right, we'll save some more of that talk for later in the year. I was just curious with, uh, with Wentz coming up next, what you thought about him. Uh, I did not get a text from you with uh, an extensive list of Brent's notes. Was there anything else you wanted to run down specifically moments or players from the game that you wanted to highlight? Well, there was a bunch of wacky plays in this game. I mean, the fake field goal we talked about, there was um, uh, hopefully you caught um, the 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 sort of quintessential bad Kirk 
totally heinous interception that he threw towards the end that could have easily been the Redskins undoing. And yeah. C.J. Mosley picked that ball picked that ball off and made a nice play. And then as he was trying to score, he fumbled it into the end zone for a touchback. So that that play was super bizarre. Swung the whole thing. I mean, if the, if he scores there, Redskins are in huge trouble. And the fact that that they you know that he that he fumbled and that it was a touchback, they actually got a net gain of 17 yards and way out of way out of the doghouse there. So uh, the Cousins promptly marched them 70 more yards down the field for uh, and get them into field goal range, and that really changed the tone. It was, you know, it was just one of those, another one of those plays where he totally did not see a zoning linebacker, and it almost killed them. So it's like he had a couple more, you know, he had a couple really nice throws in this game. The touchdown to Garcon was beautiful, and then later he had a, a great long pass to Deshaun Jackson, even though he was getting mugged by Terrell Suggs. So it's just like every week, this is just what we're getting is like, um, you know, sort of a, a variety of, of of strange sort of completions and just missed completions, and then two or three awesome plays, and then you know at least one or two total boneheaded plays, and it's just like which one is going to outweigh the other. Yeah. Uh, does does this team have an identity? Um, I, I, that's I, a pretty good question. I mean, five games in, you should think they w- they would have something of one. I think. If there's an identity, it's not really in any any particular unit. Although I did want to put in a little plug, just as an aside, the Redskins special teams is pretty good right now. They are we the Redskins have a really good punter, a really good young place kicker, and Jamison Crowder is has gone from being the worst punt returner statistically in the league last year to actually I think he's currently the best. He's averaging 28 yards per return on punts or something like that. So. Um, it, it is un, it is unbelievable for as a Redskins fan to be to be able to say that the special teams is is potentially an asset right now. I mean, it's been decades since that was true. That's one of those things where special teams never it never feels like uh, it. Obviously, you don't want to make it, it can't be your identity. Your identity yeah. can't. I mean, Beamer did it kind of, but then it almost becomes a, like a parody. And then anytime it like works against you, it's like, oh, you got out Beamer involved. You know, so it really can't be your spe- your identity because of the limited number of plays. But it is one of those things that you um, obviously it, it's just as a fan, it's the ultimate frustration when like either a you feel like your punt returners got the drops or be like you just have no faith in a kicker. I mean, that's, that's the worst. Yeah. But uh, but beyond that, I think when you talk about becoming a great team, you got to have really stable, uh, stable to good to great special teams. And it's one of those things you don't notice when your team is 500, mm-hmm. but if they can't make those one or two tweaks that they become, you know, a 10 win team. All of a sudden the special teams feels like a really, really, really big part of the team. Even like I don't know, I'm sort of rambling here. It can't be the identity of a middling team, right. but it can't be like the the great centerpiece or the great piece on top of of an already good team. And so it's a good thing to have in place uh, for sure. And like I said, especially since a lot of those guys are uh, are young. I agree of- with that. And the Redskins clearly are a middling team. I mean, I think it, if they have an identity now, it's not so much like one unit or one group or whatever. I think it's more this this idea that you know you really just don't know what you're going to get with them but they they seem to have a certain resolve and they they do you know for all the fluffy narrative stuff i mean they seem to have each other's backs pretty well it started it, 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 there was some question you know after the first couple games um there there were media reports of you know finger pointing and infighting etc but i it you know I and mean, i guess winning is the great cure all of course but 
they they kind of seem to at least have the capacity to just do enough. And a couple guys were saying today that they know they're never going to blow anybody out, and they they might not, you know, again, you know, at all for the whole rest of the season. But they know that they're going to have to win dirty or win. Somebody said win grimy. Um, and and I think that's the thing. It's just you know that, that's not a bad identity if it's if there's some sort of um, you know, if they're if they can just be kind of gritty and just do whatever it takes. I mean, they're only three and two, so you don't want to get carried away. But their their identity is something like unpredictable, but you know, not not going to back down. So that's a humongous upgrade from <laughs> identities of of recent Redskins teams. Sure. And uh, you keeping an eye on the Cowboys at all? Do you see them play? I, I, yeah, they look pretty good. I don't know. Uh, they look really good. I know they were at four o'clock today, so I thought maybe you saw them. Uh, all right, for this edition of the Burgundy Broadcast and for Brent, I am Hayes Permar, Sports Channel 8.